We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants podcast. I am the lone wolf of this show, Nicholas Filato. That's right. It's the solo pod, the dues cast. It's Filato's time to pontificate and bloviate about the New York Giants, the team that I love so dearly, the team that we all love so dearly. Our man Dan, he's out in Vegas loving life right now on a much-deserved vacation. Probably, I don't know, watching and betting on some college basketball. I mean, I don't know. Couldn't be me. Isn't me. Not my thing. But I'll tell you what is my thing, what's Dan's thing, and your thing, and that thing, my friend, is Kenny freaking Galladay. That's right, baby. Add him to the list of free agents that David Allen Gettleman added in this free agent period, a period that he had to spend money because, let's be honest, his seat is pretty freaking hot right now. And let's look at who Gettleman added so far. He added Devontae Booker, a deal that still kind of puzzles me a bit, but a solid player, someone who can step up and you could say fill the role of Saquon Barkley goes down, even though week 15, I believe it was this past year, he traveled, played against the New York Jets, the covered zero game where the Raiders ended up winning. Did not have a great game, but the Jets' run defense was really good. I kind of like what I've seen from Booker on tape. Still don't really get the deal. John Ross, a speedy wide receiver who can take the top off of a defense. He has top 10 draft pedigree, incredibly fast, small hands, drops a lot of balls. Maybe a little frustrating from that standpoint, but definitely somebody who is not going to struggle to create separation. Ifidi Odenigbo. A 26-year-old pass rusher with a lot of upside, plays with great leverage, has a nasty rip move that he gets to at the top of the pass rushing arc. He does a good job doing that, using his hands in that area. Pretty superior there. I like the Odenigbo addition. Fullback Colin Gillespie, 
a wild man that can block. He can catch some flare passes. He's going to compete for a roster spot, I'm guessing, with Elijah Penny, who I felt like had a solid season. And he also put somebody on skates. I put it up on Twitter at some point during this year where he just drove. I think it was the Cardinals game. He drove a Cardinals linebacker like 10 feet beyond the line of scrimmage. It was awesome to see. But Gillespie will compete with him. They also added Reggie Ragland, a two-down thumper who runs through people's skulls, but he's going to struggle in coverage. He could be the starting linebacker next to Blake Martinez in a base personnel type of package, but we know the Giants like to use a lot more speed, as does the rest of the NFL. You see Jabril Peppers drop down in the box, but Reggie Ragland could beat out Tay Crowder. I ultimately think Tay Crowder or Tay Crawford will end up winning that job, but it's still yet to be determined. Ragland is still its an addition that is much better than David Mayo. He's going to be much better than Devontae Downs, so that's an upgrade there. They also added backup quarterback Mike Glennon. Kind of looks like a giraffe, but can actually push the ball vertically, which is something that Colt McCoy struggled to do. Kyle Rudolph, sure-handed tight end, who's going to be an excellent red zone threat, and he's an effective blocker. He's better at catching the football than Evan Ingram, which, I mean, I honestly feel like my mom can do that, and she's a short Italian woman, so she shouldn't be good at catching the football, but, you know, Evan Ingram just is not good in that area of playing football which is unfortunate because that's his job. And then, the star of the show, baby, Giants. This news dropped on Saturday per Jacina Anderson. Star wide receiver Kenny Galladay signed to a four-year $72 million deal that can get up to $76 million with incentives with $40 million guaranteed. That's right, baby. $28 million of this contract is guaranteed now, an additional $12 million will be guaranteed on the third day of the 2022 league year. His contract ties Odell Beckham Jr. and Tyreek Hill's deal as the sixth highest contract in terms of annual average value. The five players who make more than him are DeAndre Hopkins of the Cardinals, Julio Jones of Atlanta, Keenan Allen of the Chargers, Amari Cooper of Dallas, and Michael Thomas of the Saints. And let's also remember the Giants this offseason, just so we're talking about the entire offseason so far. They re-signed Lenny Williams, Austin Johnson, C.J. Board, Casey Kreider. They restructured Nate Solder's contact, dropped that cap hit down, and now he's making $4 million this year, and he'll be the swing tackle and compete somewhat for that right tackle job with Matt Parrott. We would imagine Matt Parrott has the inside track onto that job right now. But it's great, man, and as I said, Josina Anderson, she broke the news on Saturday. It was elation in my heart, in your heart, in Giants Twitter heart. It's a relief, man, if you really think about it. And when you hear Kenny Galladay, when he briefly spoke with the media about how Daniel Jones was pushing hard for him to come play ball here, it sounded like there's just mutual respect there for one another. It sounds like Galladay likes Jones's game. Galladay also spoke very highly of Coach Judge and Coach Garrett's vision for him in this offense. So let's hear that now. Hey, Kenny, when, uh, when you came to New York and you went stayed here for three days, you obviously had interest from other teams. Like You didn't have to go through this whole process the way you did. What made you willing to go through that? to eventually, you know, sign with the Giants. What, what was it about this this team that made you want to, you know, go through that process even though you necessarily didn't have to as, like, a top free agent? Um, Kind of, kind of, you know, what I said at first. Um, Just, you know, hearing the vision that Coach, you know, Joe Judge had and Coach Jason Garrett had as far as the offense, you know, that, that had me right there, you know, and, and just walking around the building, everybody greeting me and with them pretty much telling me, you know, that they wanted me here and I'm expressing the same thing. It was kind of like a no-brainer. You know, I'm glad it worked out. 
That's some good stuff right there. Seems like he's high on this coaching staff. Doesn't seem like he came from the best coaching staff. There might have been somewhat of turmoil between Matt Patricia and Kenny Galladay, which wouldn't be that uncommon because it seems like every Detroit Lions player couldn't stand the sight of Matt Patricia. But that's neither here nor there. Let's get into what Galladay can offer this offense right now from his skill set perspective. So 2020, let's go through some of the stats, I guess, first. In 2020, wasn't too kind to Kenny Galladay. He only played in five games. He was dealing with that hip issue. And like I said, might have been something with that coaching staff. It was weird. He wasn't really put on the IR or anything like that. It was like, oh, Kenny Galladay might play next week. And that just kept getting kicked down the line and down the line and down the line. And he never really ended up playing that much I mean I think he missed the first two games of the season and then he ends up coming into the year a little bit later for five games from week three to week eight and then he sits out and he also didn't play in week five that might have been a bye week though for the Detroit Lions but Galladay he's a six foot four 218 pound dude 32 inch arms and nine and three fourth inch hands he doesn't have the 10 inch hands but still those are solid size hands they're not like will fuller hands they're not john ross hands all right in 2020 he had 20 catches on 32 targets for 330 yards and two touchdowns in his career he has 21 touchdowns 3068 receiving yards and 183 receptions on 308 targets galladay Big body, like I said. He's not a burner, but that doesn't necessarily mean he can't create separation. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. He's known for being a deep vertical threat who uses his long strides to chew up grass, get into the corner's feet, and accelerate, hitting his second gear, and using his unique vertical skills to track the football and make impressive contested catches, something that he does very, very well. He does a good job winning at the line of scrimmage, using his hands well to keep his chest clean against jams. He's got good lower body flexion to evade press by angling his feet off the line of scrimmage, either outside or inside, whichever way he's going to commit. Then he dips the shoulder that's adjacent to the defender slightly to get around the corner. From there, he quickly stacks on top of the cornerback, which creates leverage and separation. For those of you who do not know, stacking is when a wide receiver wins at the line of scrimmage and then angles his stem back on top of the cornerback so the corner can't reach any balls that are going to be thrown over the top and outside of wide receivers. It's basically like just doing a 90-degree offset. You start right in front of the cornerback, you get around the cornerback, and then you go right back over the top of the cornerback, and now that cornerback is not going to be able to reach well-placed footballs. Now, up Kenny Galladay's route stem, Galladay uses a lot of techniques to maximize his separation ability. He uses quick foot jabs either way to sell breaks when he's facing corners that are off. I put a clip of this up on Twitter. It was absolutely amazing to see how he totally manipulated this cornerback and ended up getting incredible leverage and then ended up stacking on top of him. (laughs) And this is off coverage, not on the line of scrimmage. And then he made a really nice contested catch right before the safety was able to get over the top to knock the ball away he does an excellent job also leaning outside and into the defender before he breaks inside now we've talked about this before on the podcast little route running tips little route running tricks it's the good old lean stick your foot in the ground and use the flipper to create separation Galladay does this often and he does it well and I really think he runs routes very effectively for a bigger type of wide receiver he's not just a bigger body out there 
Two of my favorite traits, though, that he uses every game is his ability to make tough, contested catches and his ability to adjust and control his body when he's airborne. Galladay uses great concentration to see the ball into his hands, secure that catch, and then extend away from his frame if he has to, pluck the football out of the air, looks effortless doing it, and then brings it back into his body very quickly so that the cornerbacks cannot knock it away from him. His contested catch ability and adjustment ability work hand-in-hand with each other on multiple occasions. He's very controlled in the air, and he has a purpose when exploding off the ground to jump and physically rip balls away from defenders. You know how in Madden, we've all played Madden, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because... I grew up playing way too much Madden. I've played, I don't know, thousands and thousands of game of Madden. And I've had tons of fun doing it. But the game just goes downhill every year. It keeps going downhill. And I kept buying it. And I kept buying it. But I don't buy it anymore. And I haven't bought it in years. But you know what? I still can play that game. And I would love to play some of you guys one time. Maybe I'll buy the next one. I don't know. Anyways. But you know how in Madden they have that acrobatic trait or whatever the heck it is? It's like an acrobatic catch. Well, Galladay, he has that trait. He has the ability to make acrobatic-type catches. And in some of the highlight films that I've put on Twitter, you can see some of them and how he jumps over the top of cornerbacks, gets his legs taken out, will fall awkwardly on his back, but still secure the football. And these are things that we haven't seen that often from Giants receivers. I mean, we saw it with Odell Beckham Jr., obviously, but we haven't seen it all that often recently. I like Darius Slayton, but he's not this type of guy. Sterling Shepard is a slot type of guy. This guy can jump up and use his ridiculous catch radius to pluck balls out of the air, adjusting and contorting his body in a freakish way, and then land to get both of his feet in bounds because he has the spatial awareness to do so. I mean, he's a toe tapper, man. Nate Burleson loves this guy's toe drag swag, and he has it. So that's something that I'm so happy we're going to be able to see in New York. All right. On to something else that he does really well. He's very proficient as a deep threat, and that meshes incredibly well with what Daniel Jones does. So according to PFF Giants on Twitter, good follow, you guys should follow them, Galladay had 628 deep yards in 2019, which ranked second in the NFL that season. Jones' big-time career throw percentage is 39.5%. The NFL average is 295 so obviously about 10% difference, that's pretty substantial. And, Daniel Jones, his on-target percentage for deep passes was 51%. The NFL average is 42%. Again, this is a nine-point difference. That's pretty damn substantial. And Galladay, he has the vertical ability. It doesn't just show up on tape, it also shows up in the stat sheet. Galladay in 2017, his rookie season, he averaged 17 yards per catch. 2018, 15.2. 2019, 18.3. And then last year in the five games that he did play, it was 16.9 yards per catch. That's solid right there. That's an ability to get vertical. He gets down the field very well and is very difficult to cover in man because smaller corners who are quicker and can handle his athletic ability, they tend to get mossed. Kenny Galladay can jump over them, use that catch radius, that leaping ability, that lower body explosiveness to jump up over the top of these guys, locate the ball, and make tough contested catches. And bigger corners, who are a little bit slower, may not be able to handle his speed. And again, he's not a burner. I'm not trying to build him up to be. But he does a good job getting open and creating separation by being a quality route runner. All right? And Galladay, it's also going to work in the quick game. Okay? The quick one, two, three, get the football out of your hands. Three-step drops. 
quick turns and fires at a shotgun. It's going to work because Galladay can excel in these areas as well. And we know with the quick game, Garrett to a fault, he used a ton of spacing concepts, which are good zone beaters because you can have five routes, spread the zone, have those routes, turn back to the quarterback and find the void in the zone, present a viable target for the quarterback. But they don't maximize yards after catch, and that's the problem that we talk about here on this podcast, and I know a lot of people who cover the Giants talk about it. You need to maximize yards after the catch, and I hope, like Joe Judge said in the last press conference, they went, they watched college film, they watched their contemporaries film, they analyzed the offense to find out why they were 31st in points and yards. Hopefully, they're going to put together a more rejuvenated offense. But if the leopard doesn't change his spots and Garrett reverts back to some of these issues, I believe guys like Kenny Galladay and Kyle Rudolph are going to excel. As for Kenny Galladay, you got to look, Garrett also ran a lot of slant-flat combos, quick bang-bang type of plays. Galladay can use his ability to release off the line of scrimmage and get skinny by the corners to excel in this area against press coverage and jams and things like that he ran slants well we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In Detroit, he released off the line of scrimmage and leaned into those breaks. Use subtle push-offs. Now, it's not Mike Evans. He doesn't use it on every route, but he does use a lot of subtle push-offs, and that's fine. Don't fully extend. That's going to get the laundry thrown at you, but you give it a little flipper. You just create just enough separation. You just slow the momentum of the cornerback down, even the slightest. Lean into it, the break, slow down that momentum, explode in the opposite direction. There's going to be natural separation. Present your chest to the quarterback. He can hit you in stride, and that's a good pickup right there, man. And he did that for Matt Stafford. He did it for David Blau. Did it for Jeff Driscoll. Pick your backup Lions quarterback, Dan Orlovsky. I don't know. Getting carried away here. Like any good team, Hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. But Galladay did a good job on those slants. He did a good job with those quick curls. He got in and out of his breaks quicker than I would have thought for a bigger type of a receiver. Didn't take him so super long to decelerate or anything like that. And like I said, Galladay and Rudolph think they're going to be good on these concepts because they can quickly concentrate and also adjust well to throws that might be a bit off target. And that's something that Evan Ingram or any of these other Giants receivers couldn't do all that well. I think Sterling Shepard was really good at it. Darius Slayton struggled a little bit with it. But Rudolph and Galladay, they're going to be able to do that. They're going to be able to do that well. So again, if Garrett still running these same concepts to a fault, I think the offense will still be better just because it's Galladay and Rudolph in there and not Evan Ingram causing interceptions. But let's hope that that's not the case and we start seeing more opportunities for this offense to create yards after the catch because that's what we want. We want more creative play calling, better route combinations that are going to set up each other, dictated on the coverage and the decisions that the defenders in conflict make. You want to put defenders into conflict. That's what you want to do. That middle of the field close safety. Make him make a difficult choice. Run a Mills concept at him. What is he going to do? He's going to drop in coverage and cover that deep post because that's going to be the most dangerous. Or is he going to drive underneath on that dig route? Because guess what? You run another route underneath, that's going to suck those linebackers up. He's going to have to drop to that deep post, and you have a 20-yard shot wide open on a dig route that quarterbacks aren't going to miss. You need to see a little bit more of that. You also need the time. You need the protection to do that. And hopefully the Giants are going to get that because they don't have Kevin Zeitler now. And you got to look. Look who they've lost. They lost Kevin Zeitler. Dalvin Tomlinson. Unfortunately, he ends up going to the Minnesota Vikings on a deal that I feel like the Giants could have offered him. But now with the Giants doing all this other stuff, I'm not going to sit here and complain. But the discomforting thing about this Giants offense even still, even right now with Kenny Galladay, as excited as I am, the addition of him with the addition of Kyle Rudolph, even Devontae Booker and John Ross, the Giants are heavily relying on Shane Lemieux, Will Hernandez, and Matt Parrott. Three guys that are still relatively unproven, and you need them to take that extra step. And I think this is why the Giants brought Pat Flaherty back. They hired Rob Sale. They have these coaches that they really, really trust. They even bring in guys like Jeremy Pruitt, who was more of a defensive dude. But he's going to help teach the offense what the defense is going to try to do to them. They're really going to hyper-focus on developing this young offensive line, and that's going to be the the recipe as to if this Giants team makes the playoffs or if they go 6-10 and 10 again, or 6-11, and 11, since it might be a 17-game schedule, or it's going to be a 17-game schedule. But Pat Flaherty, he brings a bit of nostalgia here. He was with the Giants, came over with Tom Coughlin, 2004, was there all the way through 2015. He's been here for a hot minute. 
the two Super Bowls, develop that offensive line that had Kareem McKenzie, Chris Snee, Rich Soiber, David Deal, Sean O'Hara, and even the later one with Will Beatty and some of those other offensive linemen. Now, the development for the guys like Eric Flowers didn't necessarily take, obviously, but I feel like the work ethic and the want and the willing to take the coaching is there for guys like Shane Lemieux, Matt Parrott, and Will Hernandez. And it looks like Will Hernandez, we saw him on Instagram taking snaps from the right guard position. That might be his destination for the 2021 season. And the Giants are going to put a lot on this offensive line to develop. They're going to invest a lot into them. And I mean, they already have when you look at this coaching staff. Now you have Freddie Kitchens as an offensive analyst. You bring in Derek Dooley, former Tennessee head coach. Jeremy Pruitt was a former Tennessee head coach as of last season. A lot of SEC guys in here, a lot of guys who have been around football for quite a while. And we heard Joe Judge rave about Rob Sale. You can't say the same thing about Mark Colombo, at least with their relationship. We saw how it all broke down, but even going into the season, Mark Colombo was a Jason Garrett guy. And obviously, Joe Judge had to approve him, but it didn't go over that well. So throughout the entire season, there was somewhat turmoil there. And then they bring in good old DiGuglielmo. And it was just a stopgap, and now they have their guy who can groom these young players, along with several other coaches who are going to help with that fact. And that is reassuring to me. But you still need the players to take that development. They could take the coaching, and they could want to do it and have the right attitudes and show up to work all the time, but that doesn't mean it's going to be effective. Now, reps is the way to tell if this is going to work. But the Giants might not be done investing in the offensive line. And I think that's a whole nother thing that we can talk about. And I can't wait to talk about it with Dan. This 11th pick now is very, very interesting. Even more so because we were so certain that Dave Gettleman was going to go in and say, we said we're going to add a receiver, so let's add a receiver. And he still very well might do that. But it's not for certain. Gettleman doesn't strike me as the guy who's going to trade down. He's never done that before. But now you're looking at Rashawn Slater a little bit more. You're looking at things that you know Dave Gettleman loves, and that is the trenches, the line play. Now, hopefully he doesn't look too close at the defensive tackles, but there's not even really a Derek Brown or a defensive tackle like that in this draft. The second round, that's a different story. There might be some guys that are available. But you're looking at Micah Parsons, Rashawn Slater, Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertan, players like that. I mean, yes, I don't think you can fully rule out a Jalen Waddle. He's a different type of receiver, an explosive, incredibly fun type of receiver. And yes, the Giants added John Ross, but this doesn't preclude them from drafting someone like Jalen Waddle. And receiver is still on the board. I'm not saying it's definitely off the board, but with the addition of Kenny Galladay, makes me think they could definitely go in another direction. And they didn't add an edge. They tried to. They were in on Leonard Floyd. Luckily, in my opinion, they didn't end up getting him. I don't really want Leonard Floyd, especially not for the money that he ended up receiving from the Los Angeles Rams. But Edge could be on the board now for the Giants at 11. I look at Jalen Phillips. The medicals, how much does that concern me? You have the doctors determine that. I see a player on film that I think is probably going to end up being my Edge 1 in this class. You have Gregory Rousseau, another Miami product, somebody who was uber productive, didn't play in 2020, and was a redshirt sophomore last time he touched the field. That doesn't sound like a Dave Gettleman pick to me. Doesn't mean he won't go in that direction. You have Quiddy Pay. He's somebody I don't feel like fits as well with Patrick Graham, but I think he's going to be a good football player. Somebody who 
Patrick Graham will find a role for, but at 11, I feel like the Giants could probably allocate that pick in a better way to maximize their defense, say someone like Micah Parsons with how Patrick Graham loves to utilize the linebackers in his blitzing packages. It's a smart way. He affects all three levels of the defense because he can drop in coverage. He's athletic enough to do that. He's a wrecking ball blitzing. He's great in run support, and he would be an excellent addition right next to Blake Martinez. Yes, they just signed Reggie Ragland. They have Tay Crowder. Is it a luxury? One can argue that. They have bigger needs than the linebacker position, but I still think that could be a huge impact player on a unit that was already good last year. Their defense was good last year. Their offense was what struggled. Now, they're upgrading the offense. I think they really need to focus on that offensive line. That's why I lean towards someone like Rashawn Slater, who, again, haven't gotten to his film. His film's not really everywhere right now. But from what I've seen, he's incredibly quick-footed and a very, very strong at-the-point-of-attack type of player. I would really like that for the Giants as well. But I think the options are endless. I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see what direction Dave Gettleman goes in. Now, I'm obviously not super low on what Dave Gettleman did in this offseason. I think so far it's been a quality offseason. Now, we might look a year from now, two years from now, and be like, oh man, we're in some cap unfortunate situations because we have to pay Saquon Barkley, which is something I don't think I'm going to be for whatsoever. We're at the pay Daniel Jones, somebody that if he takes that next year leap, then you're going to have to eventually do that. Now, you don't need to make that investment next year per se, but hopefully by next year, the Giants will know if Daniel Jones is going to actually be the guy because I'm not sold on it yet. I think he has the potential to. But one thing I can say, though, about Dave Gettleman and what he's done is he has brought in some quality weapons and he's upgraded some key positions right now. I didn't like that Devontae Booker deal. Still doesn't make sense to me. But I still think Devontae Booker can be a running back that isn't going to waste a roster spot. And what I mean by that is Wayne Gallman was a running back that did not help out special teams. So when you don't help special teams, if you're going to be a backup running back, you're only there if Saquon Barkley gets hurt in that game. And that's basically the only time you're ever going to see the field. Whereas Devontae Booker is going to play on special teams so he can have a role even if Saquon Barkley is healthy. And I think that's a big deal because you're basically saving a roster spot by having that. And I think that's an understated addition with the Devontae Booker deal. Now, the thing I still don't get is the money. No one was going to pay him two years, $6 million. Doesn't really make any sense to me. Doesn't seem to understand value in that sense, and I'll knock that. But adding Galladay, that's huge. Getting John Ross, getting the edge rusher, getting Rudolph, getting all these guys, I think those are solid additions. I really do. Now, Rudolph, the contract that we went over on the podcast, it wasn't that. The contract that was originally reported was $8 million a year, but the contract per Albert Breer was two years, $12 million, $4.5 million signing bonus, $2.5 million base in 2021, $5 million base in 2022, with a million dollars of incentives in each year. The Giants can, I'm pretty sure, cut bait after this year, and it's not going to be a huge hit, dead cap, or anything like that. So it's not a terribly designed type of contract. And Odenigbo, I mean, a $2.5 million deal. For a guy who can get pressure on the quarterback, that's hard to really knock. John Ross, high upside, $2.25 million. I'll take that. Raglan's deal was really, really cheap. Gillespie's deal was really, really cheap. The Booker one, yeah, was what it was. 
And then they're able to lock up Leonard Williams, three years, $63 million, $45 million guaranteed. You don't love paying a defensive lineman $21 million. That's a Chris Jones type of money. It's slightly less than what Aaron Donald makes. But Leonard Williams balled out, and the Giants weren't going to let him walk out. Now, if they can find an edge rusher in the draft or an edge rusher somewhere, which is going to be the draft because they already spent big in free agency this year, not going to get a comp pick next year for Dalvin Tomlinson, which, I mean, what are you making? $11 million a year, so you weren't going to get something huge anyways. But if you can find an edge rusher in the draft who can really work these T-E-E-T stunts with Leonard Williams, oh, it could be a lot of fun. It really could be. And there are a lot of good edge rushers in this draft that I like. I like Aziz Ojolari. I don't like him at 11, but if you like him a little bit later, if you trade back, maybe he falls in the second round. That wouldn't be the craziest thing. Harold Landry fell deep into the second round a couple years back, which surprised a lot of people, and the Giants passed on him twice. So anything can really happen, especially in this really, really unique year. This 2021 is different than even 2020, which was an incredibly unique year where Roger Goodell was being very, very weird during the draft. He was just an awkward guy, but it was all through video, and now we're all used to video a little bit more. But 2021, there is no pro day circuit. The Senior Bowl happened, which was great, but there was no combine. Everything is just really, really different. There's a lot of uncertainty. A bunch of teams didn't end up playing college football. Some teams in the Power Five only played like five games, six games. There's not a lot of certainty. And that's going to affect the draft, for sure. But either way, the Giants right now getting Kenny Galladay, putting Daniel Jones hopefully in a position to where he can succeed From a weapon standpoint, now you need to make sure that offensive line is shored up, but from a weapon standpoint, you get him that true number one, that X receiver, that guy who can line up on the line of scrimmage, defeat press coverage, and present a big target for your quarterback. That's very, very important. And the Giants were able to get that for Daniel Jones and this offense. You also get Saquon Barkley coming back, which is basically an addition from last year's offense that you just did not have. That's going to be big as well. And one other really interesting thing about this signing that I love was how Kenny Galladay talked about how Jason Garrett and Joe Judge, their vision led him to this team. Now, obviously, the money had to happen. An 18 mil a year is a lot of money. But he still sees trust in what Joe Judge and Jason Garrett is pitching and the offense that they envision. And you want to see that. Can these guys actually recruit? And they did a good job recruiting here, along with Daniel Jones, who supposedly helped in the recruiting process. Alrighty, guys, this is the Kenny Galladay podcast. This is the solo pod, the dues cast, the Falato time here on the Big Blue Banter podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Please head on over to our Instagram, NY Big Blue Banter. Insta Sean is doing an excellent job over there. I'm helping out a little bit as well. It's a lot of fun. Please give us a follow and also rate and review our podcast on iTunes. That's how we are able to grow as a podcast. We want to keep growing. We want to keep expanding to keep providing content to you guys because we love to do it. We love talking shop with you guys on the Locker Room app, which is another place you can catch us. This week's Locker Room app, I'm not sure if the date is fully secured quite yet because dan is still going to be in vegas but it's going to be tuesday night at eight every week except for last week please check us out on the locker room app as well Alrighty, guys thank you for tuning in have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.